Welcome to episode 11 of the Photography Explained podcast. In this episode, 10 photography things that explain quickly. I'm your host Rick and each week I will try to explain one photographic thing to you in plain English in less than 10 minutes without the irrelevant details. My aim is to explain things in just enough detail to help us with our photography and no more. A few changes on this episode. I'm going to be stumbling less than in the previous take, which I got nine minutes into and realised I was talking absolute rubbish. So um, I've just deleted that and started again. Yeah, I want to broaden things out a little bit more. Um, there's a few other things I want to say, um, such as this. Why is it when I put my microphone and headphones carefully in my desk drawer, when I come to take them out again to record the next episodes, like I've just done, why are they tangled up? How does that happen? Is there a device or app or something that just goes around tangling up cables just to annoy us? That's what happened. Anyway, episode 11, double figures plus one, delighted to be here. 10 for photography things explained quickly. Now you would have thought now I'm on episode 11, I'd be able to say the word photography, but we'll see how it goes. On with my Yorkshire tea, let's get into this. One, exposure. So what is exposure? Exposure is the combination of the three settings, aperture, shutter and ISO, that are used to create a photograph. Now this is recording the light in a scene. So in a correct exposure, you will have pretty much what you were looking at when you took the photo. If it's too dark, the photo will be underexposed and you got something wrong. If it's too light, it's overexposed, but the exposure is the process of recording the light levels of a scene in a photo. Right, there we go. So that was number one, and now I will start my stopwatch to make sure I do 10 minutes on these 10 things. Going well, isn't it? Still, it's better than last time. Metering. Now, cameras have meters in them. I think I'm right in saying that every camera has a meter of one form or another to record the correct levels of light. But metering is the camera recording the levels of light to give you the correct exposure. Now there's various degrees of advanced metering and it doesn't matter which exposure mode you're using. Sorry, I've gone into another term that I didn't want to. But metering is the process of the camera recording the levels of light to give you a correctly or not exposed photograph. Let's move on. File format. Now, this was one that went disastrously last time, so I'm going to try and explain it a bit better. You might see the term file formats, then lots and lots of different types of file formats. It's just the file type that a photograph is taken as. When you take a photograph, it's saved onto a memory card normally, or if it's in a in a phone, it's, well, it's onto a memory card in a phone or the, or the built-in memory. And on most conventional cameras, it's saved as a JPEG, like an iPhone saves a photograph as a JPEG. Now, last time I tried to record this, I couldn't even remember what JPEG stood for. So I'm going to try again here, because this is number four. It's the joint photog... No, I can't. <laughs> I can't remember it. That's shocking. And I'm not clever enough to do a quick Google search and keep talking doesn't really matter what JPEG stands for. It's really irrelevant. What is important is that JPEG, this is item 4 by the way of 10, or is it 11? This is a universal file format. So if you take a photograph as a JPEG and send it to pretty much anybody, they'll be able to open it. Now when you take a photograph in JPEG file format, the camera does an amount of processing to it. If you don't want to do that, and you want to do all the processing yourself, then what you do is take number five, RAW. What is RAW? RAW doesn't stand for anything. 
It should stand for something, but I find it a little bit disappointing. And I'm going to try my food analogy again here. When you, In a minute. When you take a photo using the raw file format, there is no processing applied to the image. When I say there's no processing applied, there must be some to create from stuff coming through a lens onto a sensor. Something must happen to make a photo. But there's no adjustments. It's recording what it saw. Now, there is a very tiny bit of processing in there, which I'll tell you about in a minute. A raw photo is a raw photo. It's like the raw ingredients of a meal. You could say that a JPEG is those raw components once they've been cooked. Does that make any sense or am I making it worse? And again, raw files cannot be read by anybody like a JPEG can. So what you would ordinarily do if you take photos in the raw file format, once you've done all your editing, you then export them as a JPEG and then you can send them to anybody. Okay, so that's file format, JPEG and raw. There are lots of other file formats, but this is the vast majority covered in one go. Moving on, AF. AF stands for autofocus. There are two types of focus in a camera, manual focus and autofocus. Now, if you can turn off the autofocus and you've never tried manual focus, try it. Back in the day when I got my first SLR, we didn't have autofocus. We had manual focus and that was it. You just had to get it right or not. I was fortunate to own a camera called a Canon AL1, which had something, I think it was called Focus Assistance. We are talking back in the 80s now. Yep, all that time ago. And what happened, it was still manual focus, but when you got the image in focus, according to the bit in the middle of the camera, a green light came on. It was brilliant. And it it was the first technological, that's easy for me to say, advanced eyewitness in photography that was significant. Nowadays, of course, we all have autofocus. And um, apart from the absolute purists who won't use autofocus and insist on using manual focus, none of us use manual focus. And let's be honest, why would you? Why make things more difficult when there's amazing technology there that can do the job for you quicker and better than you can? Well, that's my take on it anyway. Not everybody would agree with that, but such is life. Moving on, depth of field. There's a lot of terms in photography which... If we were starting again now, we wouldn't call them that. Depth of field's one of them. Depth of sharpness I could go with, or something like that. The depth of field is the amount of a photograph that is sharp, from going from the front to the very back of the photo. With a shallow depth of field, you'll have one part of the photograph in focus, and the rest will be out of focus or blurry. With a wide depth of field, or a large depth of field, more of the photograph will be sharp. Now, depth of field is changed by changing the aperture on the lens and is related to focal length, which I'll come on to next. This is one of the problems, really, trying to explain these things. I can't think of anything in photography that I can explain without having to explain something else, which is just as complicated and baffling. So depth of field is, you could call it depth of sharpness, I prefer that. I do architectural photography and construction photography. I pretty much always want everything in sharp focus unless I'm focusing on a detail, so um, it's not a big concern to me. Number eight, focal length. Focal length relates to depth of field, but I'll touch on that in a minute. The focal length is the focal length of of a camera lens. The best way I can explain this is that a 50mm lens on a full frame camera is what's known as standard focal length. And that is very similar to how we see the world through our eyes. So 50mm full frame sensor, 
That's how you see things. Now, we go with a wide angle focal length. So 50 millimeters is standard. If we halved it to say 25 millimeters, that gives you a wider depth of field. So it's called a wide angle lens. If we go with a longer focal length, say 200 millimeters, that's, that's a telephoto focal length and you are seeing less of the view and it feels like it's closer to you. Again, focal length and depth of field have a very close relationship, but I can't get onto that now because I've just seen a problem. Number nine is focus. Now, focus is where you tell the camera to focus, as in which bit you want sharp. On my Canon 6D, I have 11 focus points, and I tend to focus using one selected for each photo. I work the rest out from there. I think the Canon EOS R has something like 4,000 focus points. I can't work out how you can have 4,000 things in focus at the same time. But then again, maybe that's just because I'm stupid. So focus is what you're focusing the camera at. And it's normally the main part of a photograph. Number nine, again, metering. I've already covered that. So we're good there. That's just a tight copy and paste on my part. Number 10, last one, one minute to go. White balance. This is a camera setting which we're told we should adjust to the lighting conditions around us. So if we're outside on a sunny day, we should go to that setting. If the clouds come over, we should go to cloudy. If it goes shady, we should go to shade. You've also got tungsten and other ones, fluorescent. That's what you're meant to do, and that's what everyone tells you you should do. But I take photographs in RAW, and I process them in Lightroom. So shock horror. I leave my camera on auto white balance and change it after the event. Yep, the purists will be jumping up and down at that and they'll be emailing me telling me that I'm giving you bad advice, but that's what I do. I've never had a problem with it and I can change the white balance in Lightroom at will and you can't do that as well with the JPEG file. Right, 10 minutes up. That's 10 things explained in 10 minutes. I think that that was a better take than the first one, which I, in a fit of rage, deleted. Next week, what am I doing? Next week, next episode, I must remember I'm doing two episodes a week at the moment. I might scale that back after Christmas. You never know. I am enjoying doing this. What am I talking about next on the Photography Explained podcast? Well, I'm going back to what I said I was going to talk about. Why composition is so important. I don't want to go straight into all the technical stuff. I've done a bit of that. I've tried to be a bit broader about the things I'm covering. We seem to spend all our time talking about f-stops and all that other stuff when there's a more important thing in photography. It's called what you take a photograph of, what you put in your composition. So something I really want to focus on, no pun in. I must think of a different term than focus on. That's what's next. I might record it now. I might um, wait until my tongue's working properly. Okay, I'm done here. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you for making it all the way to this point. Gold star from me for that. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope you learned something. If you did, please leave a nice review and rating wherever you get your podcast from, it says here. And please subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And if you could also tell everyone you know about my podcast, that would be even better. Best stick to the people who are interested in photography, I guess, or people you think might want to get into photography. Where can you find out about me? Yes, I need to talk about me briefly. You can check out my website, rickmacavoyphotography.com where you can find out all about me and my architectural and construction photography work. That's where you'll also find my blog, and that's also the home for my small but perfectly formed podcast. Last thing for now, if you want me to explain something, give me a shout. Well, you can't give me a shout because I won't be able to hear you. Head over to my website, click on the podcast tile. 
I would say fill the form in, but the form's not working now. So all it says is just drop me an email. I'll add your thing to the list. And at some point, I when I get round to it, I will give you a shout out on that episode and also a link in the show notes back to your website if you have one. The list is now live on my website for everyone to see. I need to double check on that before I publish this. Okay, I'm done. This episode was brought to you by the power of Yorkshire Tea. No, it's not paid for. It's just I had a cup of tea by the side. I've been Rick McAvoy. Thank you again very much for listening. I really do appreciate you giving me your time. And I will see you on the next episode. Cheers from me, Rick. My brand new course, How to Become a Real Estate Photographer, straight talking advice for beginners to get you making money quickly and build a career, is available to buy now. Find out more at rickmacavoyphotography.com forward slash courses.